June 4, 2021, it's Spot Pedro Show. <laughs>
Scott from Pedro Show. Happy Friday. I started out John Coltrane doing configuration. Came out after passed away. Last thing did with Rashid, interstellar space. And then two words for now. Two worlds for now. Sorry about that, Michael. Michael Gendro. Thank you so yeah. much for being on the show and welcome aboard. Truly. My pleasure. And we got to give our brother Crux some credit for the connect here. You're talking to me from the city? I live in San Francisco, right? Yeah. Right in the middle. Okay, uh, so you must have been an old timer knowing the Reds. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I've been moving. Well, I've uh, I've moved back and forth. I I spent okay. a lot of time growing up in uh, Ventura in L.A. Oh, close to but, me. But, yeah, okay. Yeah, but I I came up here in about 1988 or so. No, no, sorry, 83. But that, I think things because I had some buddies who did that, and it was way more econo. <laughs> yeah. The slovenly guys went there in the early eighties, and yeah, it, it changed. Things changed, or, or mid, maybe mid eighties. But anyway, let's get into your journey through music, M Michael. Please bring your earliest musical recollection. Oh, uh, I, I I saw. I think I saw uh, some some band somewhere uh, when I was a, a five or six six year old, and I looked at them and I said, "I want to be that guy that's in the back playing the playing." Uh, smashing all those things <laughs> and so so, I, so I, I wanted to be a drummer since i was six i, I think i don't know I, I honestly don't remember what what i saw maybe it was a a live thing or on something on tv or whatever i don't know but anyway i i pursued it since then just this with this idea well can i ask you if the pad you grew up was there any music instruments no, uh, yeah, well, yes and no, uh, um, because I use record players for instruments nowadays. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> so there, so there was, uh, there were record players and reel-to-reel -reel tape players and, and amplifiers and uh, and that sort of thing. And so, yeah, for sure, uh, those were uh, those were good instruments and ones that I started using early. And uh, well, you know, I, you know, the Elvin Jones different drummer. It's like a half-hour doc. You could see it on YouTube.com. But he talked yeah. about first getting on the pots and pans and shit. Did you do that? Yeah, of course. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I, still, I still do. <laughs> great. That's great. Yeah, you know, you, you can bang on anything, right? And it Absolutely. always sounds good. In fact, and, I got a theory about the first drums. I think it went to, with dance, and I think the first drumsticks was the bottom of our fucking feet, and the first drum was the earth. Mm -hmm. That's right. I, I think I agree with you about that. It's a suspicion that I got. Sense. I got a suspicion. It's just a, just a hunch. Now, now, uh, <laughs> what about the first record you bought with your own money? Oh, that would be uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Hot Butter's Popcorn. Oh, man. <laughs> Remember, it's a Watt for Pedro show. There's no hard questions. There's no wrong answers. <laughs> what about in, in the first gig, obviously, is one of your earliest musical oh, recollections. Well, I so so I gigs so that my, you saw. I didn't mean play. Oh, first gig yeah. I saw. Yeah, you told me you saw some dude breaking shit. You wanted to be that. Yeah, I don't remember what that was though. I don't, I don't know. Well, don't know. that happens. Fuck, I <laughs> so yeah. much shit that's gone through my sieve of a memory. Fucking <laughs> shit. Well, what about uh, school? Were you in the marching band or the choir or shit like that? Yeah. Uh, both. I was, uh, so I couldn't get my parents to buy me drums. They, they just didn't, they didn't, they, they, they weren't really down with that. So they said, oh, if you join the school orchestra, we'll think about it. And so I did. So I started playing in the school orchestra at age 11 and uh, went all the way up to being the principal timpanist in my junior high school. <laughs> so there must have been periods where you were rocking the triangle. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a we had a primitive marching band that somebody formed while I, while we were there. I was the only snare drummer. And, oh, so I was going to ask you, match grip or traditional grip? Because right, you got to sling it with that fucking. I know. Yeah. I know both. Okay. I know. I, I learned both, and I I still use both. And you learned to read. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. I, and, and write. And. Uh, but besides the school thing, did you f seek out a drum teacher? I, uh, well, uh, not till more recently. I studied with Willie Winant. You know, you know. Oh that yeah, guy? sure. <laughs> yeah, I went when I went to I went to Mills in uh, eighty nine to ninety one, and I and they I, fucking closed that, right? Yeah, they're they're talking about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fuck. And I sought out. I already knew Willie from before anyway because I had gone to other schools that he was he was teaching in, but uh, I I got to, to to focus down with him. Now, you know, and, and that's, again, that's uh, 30 years of drumming before that, uh, you know, 30 years of bad habits. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you about in the formation phase of them bad habits. Now, I'm not talking after school, like graduating, but in the afternoon, the bedroom band, the garage band, the basement band. Did you do that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My parents were after they after they finally did get me a drum set. They were nice about it. They let me uh, really uh, rock the neighborhood, and and literally, I mean, <laughs> we had a lot of angry neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the prac pad usually is the drummer's pad, right? Because it's setting it, up. It was, exactly. Oh shit! So, uh, what were you guys doing? Were you uh, like me and D Boone? We were trying to copy because it was the seventies, right? So we're trying to copy yeah. songs off records. Did, yep. did you guys do that or did you? That's exactly what I did. Okay. I just I would put on a record and I'd learn the whole record, you know. And I'm talking about everything from uh you know elvin jones uh, you played earlier which uh, uh I, actually my favorite drummer ever yeah. but also stuff like you know yes and um uh, uh king crimson or whatever just trying to bill bruford that snare drum bill always bruford. sounded like a hungry seal or or like get, get, <laughs> get a hand on that ring bill because you can play like a motherfucker but yeah. No. Timbales or Timbales snares, you know, that wire and shit. No, no. Yeah. He's incredible cat. And, and it's all vocabulary anyway. I'll tell you a story about a guy who taught himself drums with learning off records. George Hurley, you know, he stopped making oh, surfboards yeah. as a teenager. He buys My Generation. And no, no. What's the one with the quick one? Is it that one or Happy Jack? Yeah, it's Happy Jack. My it's got a quick one wise away. And then he bought yeah. Billy Cobham. Spectrum. Uh, I right? was going to mention Billy Cobham. So those Billy two, those two records, though. he just powered through it with headphones and yeah. about a year taught himself fucking drums in Keith yeah, Moon, yeah. of course. Exactly, exactly what I did too, you know. And uh, and I was I, I was hard learning from Billy Cobham. I did that too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <It> was like, <laughs> shit. I was reading shit about him because he's like New York City kid and doing drum corps, and they were talking yeah. about pracking doing paradiddles to hold a quarter on the bulkhead and then go down to dimes. Like you look at Billy Go uh, Cobham's drum heads and there's one dent in the middle. Like yeah. <laughs> the accuracy yeah. thing is like insane. Yeah. <laughs> I want to play something you gave me here called Objects Separated by String.
something splendid is happening. Strangers hold hands and twirl like ice skaters. Every scarf and mitten is red. Dogs in sweaters touch noses. Light-colored coats and dark-colored coats glide like clouds into the envelopes between tall buildings. The church, which is boarded up, juts its steeple into the air, proud as a stable full of stamping horses. Smoke curls from non-existent chimneys. Lengthening shadows are jovial and animated. Shadows raise glasses and toast as if it's New Year's Eve. Banners unfurl and snap, embroidered in orange and gold. Clock hands, black as mountain pine, flash with brilliance. And in that brilliance, dogs, strangers, horses, and all the shadows stop, rapturous and astonished.
Bob from Pedro Show. As objects separated by string, Michael Gendro. And then the fulfillment brought on by distance, brand new from Jaded Azurites, came out today. Uh, Karen Schomer on a poem, and I, I worked with Gano Bees. Michael Gendro after that with live concert at Luff. Okay, so let's go back to those uh, habit-forming days. Um, and, and so did, did this band that you, you know, try to copy songs, did, was it just a practice band or did you end up doing gigs with these guys? I, yeah, um, practiced for years. And then, uh, and then I got into one that, that we played a gig. The first gig we played, uh, there was a riot and uh, <laughs> it got shut down. I had, to, I had to scramble to get my drums out. So that was it. <laughs> a little was drama. That was, that was in the so late it's 70s. hard to say if it was a success or a failure. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I think it was, I, I don't know. I, I think we had to do some growing. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Does Pan have a name? Uh, I, I, I'm not going to repeat it if okay. you don't mind. Because they, <laughs> they actually went on. And uh, and I'm uh, sort of embarrassed by how how horrible they were. That shit happens, you know. <laughs> so no, so but then uh, but there, there was a, a lot of succession of bands. I was in a, um, a few uh, right after that. Uh, RAF and uh, Liquids and and uh, Youth Camp. All kinds of funny now, little. Were and these like your bands, or did you join guys? Because it seems like drummers. Or more of the guys like have to join the other dudes band. Although, Some, yeah, sometimes, sometimes, um, yeah, mostly. Yeah, I think I was mostly joining bands. Uh, you know, later in life, I started making my own bands, though for sure, because I I did get a little bit more selective. <laughs> <laughs> but even, <laughs> but even though it wasn't your band, were you still involved with composition and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. singing, and I always sing. I was one of those drummers that could sing. You know, I can still sing and, and play the drums, and so uh, yeah. Who yeah, was I that? So the first guys I saw, saw do that was uh, they opened up the California Jam, Rare Earth. Oh really? Yeah. Rare and they Earth. also had a dude on twenty four seven cowbell. Right? It wasn't just one part. It was a whole fucking gig. His hand that must have a... been a throbbing motherfucking catcher mitt. <laughs> That was a record that my parents had that I would hear around the house. Yeah, that, my parents were great for this because they had they had stuff like that, but they also had, uh, you know, uh, Dave Brubeck. So I learned from Joe Morello. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, all these kinds of lounge music and stuff like that was around. I think so, Rare Earth was the only white Motown act. Yeah. But they were tripped, but there's other there's other drummer singers too, and then like Dave Grove, the fuck the kid, <laughs> yeah. some other guy to do it, right. and then if he doesn't do it right, I'm gonna re record over him, <laughs> and that guy's gonna get pissed. But hey, it's his man. Come on. So uh, you know, no, I, I bring this up because you know Georgie was way into Chico Hamilton, and there was some drama with Chico Hamilton trying to get songwriting credit. Like, drummers can't yeah. write song. Bullshit. The notes just don't last as long, but give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> so, so after school, do you go to, like, music school? Uh, I, I did. Well, yeah, I started to study music. I, I, I went... Uh, I went to university to study music, but I, I quickly dropped out because I didn't want to play Bach 
on the piano. Not no no disrespect for Bach. I just don't I don't have yeah. it in me. Because I don't know? think he the piano was invented yet. I think he's playing organ. Yeah, that's right. He's, he's, Maybe I don't know. He's playing on a harpsichord. Yeah, but I but uh, so I switched to physics. And so I studied physics, but then Whoa. yeah, I I did go back to music. Hey, you know what? I had some other uh, science people on, and you know, do you think there's a connect? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, no, absolutely. The reason the reason I switched is because I was reading, uh, you know, Inasinakis. I was reading his books, and I was like, oh, how how can I how can I be into music if I can't read this stuff? It's just really complicated, and it requires advanced mathematics. So I. I went into it just because I figured it, it's it's just part of music now. Well, you know, yeah. you mentioned uh, Mr. Bach, and he got help from Mr. Newton to find where the third was. Yeah. <laughs> right? The third, no one really knew where it fucking was. Well, they did know, <laughs> but they all lost it and forgot got it from, you know, couldn't ask yeah, the Muslims. Yeah, they, they couldn't figure out exactly where it was. <laughs> yeah, right. And, you know, <laughs> I guess there's a... If you if you hear it right, like what we call minor, actually they were here in Africa. We call that blues, but you know, yeah, it's all just words for na natural phenomena, right? It's our our s superstructure on top of what's actually working. Yeah, I see, and I see, I see the science in in the music. I mean, I really, I'm basically at at heart a musician. I, you know, I, I, in fact, Zanakis himself said something really beautiful. He said. You know, I may use some algorithm or whatever to, to develop this piece of music, but if if in the end it doesn't sound good, I'm going to change it. You know? <laughs> yeah, somebody once told me physics is like uh, the harmony and chemistry is the rhythm. or I mean, there's, there, there's like kind of parallels and stuff like that. But while you were doing your physics study, you were still doing bands on the side? Yeah, oh yeah. I was I, all through uh, studying at... Uh, you see, I had a band called Crawling with Tarts, and um, oh, we're we gonna did... play that in the third hour. I didn't know the chronology. Fuck. Oh yeah, I got okay, an ass yeah, backwards. Yeah, Sorry, one, Mike. That, <laughs> one, that one, that band went from about 1983 to 1996, I think. And so, uh, yeah, I, I all throughout the my 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 physics studies, I, I played in that band. We did some quite a few gigs. We put out a lot of records. But because uh, of school, uh, maybe no touring. No, no, no. We didn't. It wasn't that. It was. I, we actually had offers. Uh, the other, my my bandmate was uh, didn't like to travel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was the bandmate, not you. <laughs> yeah, I pl I play internationally a lot now. Yeah. whenever I can. We've had a little bit of a pause during the pandemic. Oh, here, of but course. It, you know, other than that. But I was talking about in those day in the, those older days. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we 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 played around. We played locally. We 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 yeah, we got flown out to a festival here and there, you know. But you didn't months. get in the van and do two months. Yeah, no. <laughs> not that. That that was later when I got into the rope. That's another one I sent you. That that band is also uh historical, but uh but it was a great one. And we did tour in a van with that one. Our rope? With rope, yeah. Yeah, we're going to uh, oh, oh, you just don't pronounce that first R, <laughs> or did I misspell I, it? I, I, nobody knows. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to play that next hour again. I didn't know the crotch. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, yeah, but okay. So these are the earlier bands. Okay, and uh, yeah, I mean, 
obviously you had your own personal ways of music, but there was other influences coming in informing your drumming, right? Oh yeah, well, I mean, I, I uh, for sure. Actually, you know, what I've been doing lately is, especially in this lockdown, um, you know, I, I, we were talking about playing along with records. Now what I do is I put on a recording I made of uh, the ocean or something like that, or uh, you know, a rock slide or or something, and play along with that. It's a wow. it's a much more chaotic style, <laughs> and that 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 doesn't sound. You know, that's not supposed to sound peaceful or anything necessarily. Uh, you can play along with the ocean and it sounds like it does. It, I, you know, frankly, I think that this is what Elvin Jones sounds like when he's when he's really carrying a, a, a huge background sound. Yeah. Well, he plays in swells. And like yeah, exactly. he talks about that in that different drummer doc where the dude said he couldn't hold time. His <laughs> time was and Ron Carter talks about it. And then other dr drummers started adopting the style. You know, they were at first, yeah. you know, just like the jocks, right? Fuck you, Devo. And then they're painting their fingernails two years later. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That swells. I got to see that doc. But they, that that's that's exactly what it is. And the, and the, you know, that's what if you have a recording in the ocean and you're playing along with it, it's exactly what it's telling you to do. Well, I do because I'm in Pedro here, right? It's the harbor of Los Angeles, and, and we got water right up on the rocks. And you mm. hear that's how rocks get uh, at the beach get round because they're pounded constantly. Absolutely, yep. And that's how they get somewhere else too. They they roll somewhere. <laughs> they yeah, get, they end up they shit? end up somewhere downstream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that that's a whole trip too about uh, it being a medium for energy, like stuff from Hawaii. I'm getting how many weeks later or some shit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. So, yeah. So. Uh, the idea of, yeah, maybe not theory and other musicians, but uh, kind of a connect with nature. It's just to connect with, uh, I, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to put it like that. I don't want it to sound uh, uh, fuzzy in any way, but it's kind of more of a connect with a sort of certain uh, life energy stream, right? To something that's going on that uh, you're feeling. I don't know. I don't know what it is. You know, I'm not particularly a spiritual person or anything like that, but I feel these energies around me and I, and I want to respond to them. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know what it is. It, it's the same, but it, but I take it the same, even with conventional drumming. I just, uh, like the, the power of, uh, of this sort of flexibility. It's not, it's, you know, you, it's not playing a military tattoo. <laughs> That's <laughs> what you like about Buddy Rich's playing Too military. <laughs> yeah. I can deal with the cussing and the clams, you know, shit. and the throwing of the cymbals. <laughs> I love it when fucking uh, Freddie Hubbard gave it to him. <laughs> right? You ever hear that tape? You, like, you jive, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Any, anyway, uh, wh what about the idea of performance? Well, I love, I love it. I, I, so, so now. Um, I'm doing these perf so mostly solo performances. Well, I still play in a couple of bands, but um, when I do the solo performances, I, I like to go work in the space for for a couple of days before I, I, I'm going to give the show, and and uh, make the music from the space. So in other words, I'm recording vibrations and I'm recording um, ambient sounds that are in the space, and then, then I'm going to use those to to make the concert. So taking the language of the space. I love to do this. And then, you know, so it's so the preparation for the concert is takes days and then you, you blow it all out in, in uh, 30 minutes. It's uh, 
it's maybe not an efficient way to perform, but well, it's... No, like, no, I think, you know, the old vaudeville saying, work the room, you are literally fucking working the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> way into it. Way. Look, we're at the end of the first hour. June 4, 2021 edition, Watt Pedro Show. Special guest, Michael G Gendral. Am I saying that right? I, I, you can say it that way. It gets said a lot of ways. It's pronounced Jandro. Jandro. But, uh, okay, I can yeah, say that. But you I can say get all French you. on you. Hold tight for hour two. June 4, 2021. It's the second hour. A lot for Pedro.
thoughts running through my head. Racing, turning, churning through my head. Thoughts pulsing all the time. My body's aching. I'm so tired. But I can't switch off. I just wanna go away, go to sleep. I'm so tired. But I can't switch off. Slime that seeps 
this condition they are carried out into the mud flats by the superstitious natives and left
Here we go. Watch for Pedro Show. Start off the second hour with feedback. Revision one. Michael Jadro. Gendro. <laughs> Shit. Already fucked it up. Sorry, oh Michael. <laughs> then we had Tim Hohouse featuring Levo with something brand new they did called Insomnia. And uh, they did a video to go with it. It's about not in the end with Conk, right? Terrible. Mm. A wet cigarette from Canada after that with eventual tin. Elliot Sharp, great guitar man out of New York City with Mind Suck. And Michael Gendro with L'Ecrit de Batiment de Free Art. <laughs> so I destroyed the French language again. <laughs> Sorry. Pardon. Okay. <laughs> so, Michael, uh, getting, get, getting back to the... Uh, so, so, so prepping up for a gig... So the idea of not playing all always the same gig, huh? So you go different places. You, you have a change yeah, of scenery yeah. by you. Well, I've got I've I've got to play the same rooms a couple of times, which is great because then I already have all the. Oh, the, that's right. Then, yeah. I have all the codes, you know, already for the room. So it does not it doesn't take as much work. But uh, nevertheless, uh, yeah, it's it's meant that uh, the pieces don't really that the one you just played. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, was in in uh, Freiburg. Uh, Switzerland and ah, uh, that's the border town between German speaking and French speaking Switzerland. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's I right played that. Yeah. I've played, played. There's a, a big club there, right? Uh, yeah, it's a it's a long place. It act, actually has two rooms, and man, they feed you good there too. It's like oh, in yeah, the samples. They say she's <laughs> a feeder. <laughs> yeah, my pop was yeah, a sailor, cool. and he said in the navy they all it was always about chow. <laughs> Oh, that's a no. Well, that's important. You know, it's in it's in the writer, isn't it? <laughs> now, Freeburg. So, okay, I know this place. Then you played. So, you, you tailored your piece to the pad. Yeah, they let me. They let me in there. You know, I tell them, okay, uh, I I need to stay here a couple of days before and and work on it. Fortunately, it's a festival, so it's going on. I just play towards the end of the festival. Actually, the president of uh, they don't call him a president. The, the prime minister of Switzerland came to that gig. Oh, <laughs> that was the man. only time I played for royalty. Yeah, it's command performance. They wouldn't like it if I called it royalty, but you know what I mean. Yeah, bosses. <laughs> the, bosses. the man, el hombre. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, and how'd it go? Oh, it was great. It was, it, I, I really could, could shake the building. It's a, it's, um, it's made of wood. And I, and I also put some sensors up in the attic and some in the basement and, um, uh, really, just was able to take feedback through the entire building. KG Hino was there, and he he, he said, "We're gonna we're gonna collaborate." <laughs> oh wow, he he's an interesting man, definitely. <laughs> yeah, he was the, he, he liked it. He calls me. Well, he said, you know, I made I made an earthquake, and so yeah, that, that's the so, idea. So how do, how are the sensors involved, involved, Michael? There, it's a well, it's a. So it's from my 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 work. I get these I borrow these sensors that are measuring vibrations, and they they measure very low vibrations. So it's really great. You don't even have to hear anything. You you sometimes can't hear what's going on. But if you know if um, it does pick up the sense of a space. If you're in if you're in a space and you may not be detecting the fact that you're hearing the metro go by or or the traffic or whatever, but it's really there in the vibration. Right. Yeah, and yeah, so, and this was it keeps the piece dynamic and changing with the fucking changes. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So what's going on outside? Uh, you know, 
was Luca, going outside. Luca Sabella was on the show a couple months ago, and he was talking about uh, moving towards this. He wanted he was using electric electronic music, and he wanted some way where it kind of shapes how it's becoming by what it's yeah. already playing. Yeah, that's I I think that's important. I you know so I compose these pieces in in form, but I uh, I really take uh, it's it's really improvised in 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 the end because it does have to respond to what's going on in right. space. I mean, the other, what's the other way? Uh, you watch the guy press the space bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing like that. <laughs> I know. That's, that's too boring for me. But I'm you know, if that happens, they got a little table set up. The guy gets up there. I've seen it. I've seen four dudes at a table, <laughs> each with their own space bar. I want to play, okay, Nick, uh, this rope uh, band you were.
Watch the Pedro Show. Okay, Nick from Rope. Plasterman after that with Hardcore 1984. Slang from Hokkaido. Some hardcore. It's trippy about hardcore. You know, no matter where you're from, you know how it's going to sound. <laughs> <laughs> All these cats, the whole world playing the same song. Okay, Michael Jandro <laughs> with Povo, Saran, Maspovo, and Amarato. And I destroyed maybe Spanish there. <laughs> so right. I'm sorry, lo siento. So, uh, yeah, t- tell me something about that, the, the po- this Povo. Well, well, you told me about Rope. It was a band you joined, young guys, mm. when you were a younger man. But th- th- uh, this this one here, Povo Saran. Yeah, so that's a that's from a live concert that I gave in uh, Lausanne, Switzerland, and basically I can't, you know, so, so I can't really duplicate uh, the experience of these concerts because it's really about the vibration in the space, and it really only works in that space. So what I get, what I, what I end up with is uh, sort of an artifact, and uh, and then I just take that and and uh, conf- remix it into something that is satisfying uh, on its own that can be played anywhere. But still, if you were to take that that recording and play it back in the in the space that it was originally recorded, and it would be really a, a much more dynamic. But I, I try to I try to make it so so that it's something that, that something to take away, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, impression, right? Brand, oh, brand upon the brain. Yeah. <laughs> something. Yeah. Uh, there's two. I guess there's like people like to coast, right? They don't want to pay attention. So, yeah, I, you know, but it's but it's it's really like what all music is like, isn't it? Right? You you know, you play a gig and uh, and you're experiencing that place, and you're, a, you know, whatever whatever kind of music it is you're doing, if, as long as it's a dynamic music that you're actually in, engaged in in playing in the space with the people there responding to it, that's going to be different than the recording that you take out yeah, of it. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I mean, unless you're total. <laughs> You know, wall off everybody in your mind and yeah. automaton sleepwalk or drugged out or yeah, I mean, <laughs> or, or an organ grinder or an organ grinder, <laughs> right, right? Yeah, people we were talking off air about these incredible <laughs> technicians. <laughs> they would, you know, they're not playing these things; they're just actually powering the. It's it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of the idea of the player piano, right, with the holes in the paper. Yeah, 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 yeah. or or kind of like oh, the space bar on the power book at least with the player piano you can vary the speed <laughs> yeah do you ever seen have you ever seen old timey ones they got like a whole I, band I in a box yeah oh those yeah i saw a guy do a, a show about those uh playing uh, uh oh God, i'm forgetting forgetting the name of the, the great composer from who was living in mexico city um but he brought that box but i grew up with one my my father rebuilt player pianos and would sell them oh, to pizza. Players. Wow, I didn't know that. And so, yeah, and I mean, there was they were fun, <laughs> but like I said, you, that's why I know you can. They had, they had a couple of different controls on them. You could not only you, could, you know it depends on how fast you pump, but you can also vary the the, the loudness and a few other things. <laughs> yeah, it's basically mechanical music. Right, right, but, but you know what I'm talking about? Not just a piano, but they had a little drum in there and horns. And yeah. Sh- yeah, they would squeeze on the rubber ball and, you know, all this. Atom- but the old word was automaton. We say mechanized now, but they I think they called it automaton or something. Because they had dolls that did shit like this, too. Oh, yeah. Puppets. 
Yeah. Oh, the, the in San Francisco, we have the Museum Mechanique, which has uh, all kinds of those things still. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, uh, I mean, in those days, right, it's a novelty. For us, it's like that's almost the way of life. There's yeah. so much mechanization going along. So when you, you go to the music thing, but I don't know. I... I I don't want to judge something until I've, I've experienced it. So anything just on, you know, I don't like the concept of that. That's yeah, I, yeah that's too short sighted. Life's too short. To get... I went I went through that with uh, uh, using turntables because uh, in crawling with tarts we, we we were only two people, so we realized we needed some support. So we started using turntables, and uh, I've taken them, you, you know, into the into the future. And realize that that instrument, although it seems like a mechanical instrument, it is incredibly flexible. You can do so much with it. Yeah. And you know, if you're willing to, if you're willing to take it apart and to experiment with it, so it can become an instrument. Well, it's like banging on a pot. <laughs> yeah, running by a picket fence with a stick, right? Yeah. The children yeah. of the grave on Master Reality. Look, we're yeah. gonna get, we're gonna get to here crawling with tarts. Coming right up, because we're at the end of the second hour, June 4, 2021 edition of Pedro Show. Special guest, Michael Gendro. Am I getting closer? Gendro. Gendro, Gendro, okay. Hold tight for our three, people. Here we go. <laughs> I'm a slow learner. June 4, 2021. It's the third hour of the lot from Pedro Show. Reggaeton in 
going to. What on this?
Live from Pedro Show. Start off the third hour with crawling with tarts. Tubin tit tart tarting. <laughs> Sorry. Screwing that up. But Bama's printing after that with Soulful uh, Dirge Fair. <laughs> That's a title. And then crawling with tarts again with George Nick Maria. The three for. <laughs> no, or, or is that Gorge? <laughs> it's not George, it's Gorge. It's George Misspelled, yeah. Oh, it's, it's George Misspelled, okay. <laughs> so let, let's talk about this band, because uh, interesting, that you, like you were saying, you need the supports of the, the turntables. Yeah. Well, that band, uh, Carolina Tarts, that came out of a punk rock band that I was in called Youth Camp, and uh, uh, Suzanne was the bass player and I was a drummer. And uh, then we kind of fell in love and split off the. We, we quit the band, and uh, they were mad. The other guys, <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> but, but we couldn't help it. And so yeah, uh, yeah. we started to. We, we were actually, we were actually making zines, uh, magazine, little magazines at the time, and decided that one would have a cassette in it, and uh, that that was the creation of Crawling with Tarts. And so uh, yeah, it was. It's a really really open ended project that just allowed anything to come into it. And uh, except drums uh, and bass, <laughs> yeah, no, we did that too. There's, uh, I didn't send you those tracks, but uh, I love this stuff, it's trippy as hell. I love it, yeah, yeah. It's... We, no, we carried on with the drums and bass, uh, you know, all through it, not as much. It, it really transformed into a band that was mostly doing turntable pieces at the end, and uh, and you know, up to eight turntables at a time, but wow. not, you know, yeah, not. not you know nothing mechanical, but just uh, really, really messing with uh, the uh, the vinyls and, and, and cutting and, our own vinyls to to use for these concerts. And if we're talking eight, there's layers. Yeah, we yeah. And so I have a couple of uh, cutting lathes here in the house, and uh, we would sometimes cut our own records to uh, to use uh, so that we could you know do special things with them. Uh, records that didn't have continuous grooves for example they would just be interrupted so uh, oh, what about closed grooves yeah you know there was a monty python record record that has three sides it depends how you drop that stylus matching tie and neckerchief the cheese shop or some shit yeah you can't hear it unless you put that needle on the right because they put grooves inside the other grooves i know it was really hard to get that third track i remember So did, did you do shit like that? I mean, you became a lathe guy, a master yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. I still have we still have here in the house a couple of different a couple of lathes, and we still cut stuff for um, for doing. So another band I'm, I'm in now uh, with my partner Julia Mazawa, um, we we both play turntables, and we both we, there, there's there's I don't know there's probably fifteen turntables in this house, um, and three <laughs> cutting three cutting lathes. And so we're still, you know, I still find that to be a very evocative uh, uh, medium to work in because you can really, you can really cut the dirt into the vinyls if you want. And, now, and can I know. ask you about cutting? Because, you know, people make the mothers from the lacquers and stuff, but you don't need to do that. Your are no. actually going to be used for performance. So probably more. no, specifically not. In fact, we, we mostly, you know, it's amazingly easy to find old um, transcription discs still around. You know, things that are fifty to eighty years old in thrift stores or whatever. But the, the great thing about them is that they're so they, they decay so quickly. So if you cut something into it and play it back, you know, play a loop in it, say uh, five times, by the by the fifth time, it's a completely different sound. 
you know. And so this is great. It's like aging. Yeah. Yeah, you can just beat them up live, and it's and, and you know it's really uh, a powerful sound. I think with all the the surface noise and all that. What, what's your favorite turntable? Oh, I well, or does it matter? No, I I have my one of my favorite ones. I don't even remember the brand, but it goes down to eight RPM. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. I bring that one. I bring that one a lot of, on a lot of gigs with me because uh, oh, in fact, one of the pieces I gave you uses that one. Uh, Grand Service Noise Opera Number Nine, because it. Uh, oh, that's what we're going to have at the end. Uh, yeah, it's the half hour that... baby. <laughs> okay. I love yeah, because it because it, it can play so you know it, it's so great when you play a, especially if you play a seven eight RPM record on, a, on at eight, eight RPM uh, that's just uh, you know it really <laughs> evokes the gods. Yeah, right. Uh, let's hear a well we're going to hear that but Lars Mars Orchestra. Somewhat may places where one relaxes on the axis of a wheel of life to get the feel of life from jazz and cocktails. The girls I knew had sad, sullen, gray faces with distant gay traces. That used to be there You could see where they've been washed away By too many through the day Twelve o'clock days Then you came along With your siren song Tempt me to madness Thought for a while that your poignant smile was tinged with the sadness of a great love for me. Ah, yes, I was wrong. Again, I was wrong. And only last year Everything seemed so sure Now life is awful again A truffle of hearts 
would only be a bore. A week in Paris will ease the bites of it. All I care is to smile in spite of it. I'll forget you, I will, though yet you are still burning inside my brain. Romance is much stifling those who strive. Some small dive and there I'll be while I rot with the rest of those whose lives are.
lot for Pedro Show. Last music for this edition, Lars Mars Orchestra with Lush Life. Uh, SLWCC Watt after that. That's a project with uh, Sam Lock Ward out of Iowa City that I did last month with him on album. And then finally, Michael Gendro with Grand Surface Noise Opera Number 9. Now, you understand surface noise. Now, you heard about the uh, turntables, people. It's not, it's not just random nomenclature there. He's got, there's a reason for these titles. What about titles, Michael? Oh, I like, to, I like poetry. You know, I like to find something that... What I do is I save up uh, phrases that I, I found, and I have a list. And so then I, you know, then I make a piece of music, and I try to figure out which one fits it best. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, something's obvious, but... Uh, uh, it's just poetry. No, I asked about that because I always have to start with the title or I don't know what the fuck I'm writing. <laughs> Nobody I, else I know does that, though. Everybody puts on titles last. But you collect titles. Yeah, I collect titles. Or try potential your, your titles. We'll, we'll see what happens. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try your style and okay. see if I can Well, it I gives me an anchor, more. right? Like Bob Dylan wrote propaganda songs. I know what this one's about. I love that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's only going to have two parts, but... <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, it's kind of one part. <laughs> you play it a little differently. Well, TV, you know, people say three chords. TV guys, one chord. A lime in the coconut's one chord. Harry yeah. Nielsen. Yeah. I saw. I saw, I sold a lot of that record. I used to work in the licorice pizza in in, uh, in Ventura in, in 1983 or something like that, and I I got the Minutemen in. We we uh, we sold a lot of that record. We had to spin it in the in the shop. I made for <laughs> so thank, thank you, you for that. Thank you thank for that music. <laughs> no problem. That's a weird Minuteman record. It's the only one where I wrote all the songs. I didn't I write didn't all know. the words. I only wrote half the words, but I wrote all the music. And I didn't write the guitar solos or drum fills, but I wrote. A, well, I was having double knee surgery, so I, I was the oh. guy with some time on his hands. Back in I don't the remember if Black Sheep came for that record or not, but that. No, was, it's on Joy like, before that, and Georgie wrote okay. the words. You know, Georgie wrote a lot of the best, besides D Boone, Minuteman words. Where can people find you on the internet, Michael? Oh boy, uh, yeah. Okay, I, I have a website at uh, michaeljandro.net. Um, okay, spell uh, that M I C H A E L G E N D R E A U dot net, people. Yeah. And, and yeah. What, you got a recording you're working on now? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm working on a compilation of uh, tracks. I, I, it's gonna. My next record is gonna have, uh, I think, ten, ten sides to it. <laughs> And uh, it's because it's a lot of work that um, that I that I dug up and haven't put out yet. So That's um, when you get that out, will you come back on the show? And can we play? Some, obviously, not oh, all yeah. ten records, but, but you, yeah, you make sure. some good excerpts for me, and, oh, yeah. and we can talk about the whole thing because it sounds like kind of a retrospective. Uh, in a way, yeah, but it's uh, it, it's uh, it, it. I guess so. I, I suppose I feel like uh, the same as I was. Uh, uh, you know, when I was a teenager still, so it's me, it's, I can't tell the difference. No, no, but that's the mu magic of music. Viva la musique, you know. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a lifeline. I want to thank you so much for being on the show, but please come back when you get this 10-sider out. I remember okay. I got a 10-record box bootleg of Bobby Dylan called Ten of Swords. But I guess oh, yours nice. is five records with 10 sides. Okay. Well, thank you, Mike Watt. This Absolutely. has been great. Okay, Mike. People, it's been June 4, 2021, Dishwap Pedro. So keep your powder dry.